Hi, I'm Joel. This is the Creativity Pulse podcast, a podcast where we dive into the cool waters of creativity and cruise around some creative thinking, evolution of ideas, and innovation that currently exists in a variety of industries and businesses, big and small. I chat with my guests about their life and business and their approach to creativity. The guests share some of their methods and techniques with us so we can try and understand how some of the more creative people around us go about being, well, exactly that, more creative. For those of you just joining us, let me explain how things work. There's a weekly episode with a guest lasting between 15 and 20 minutes. There's then a series of three episodes. They're really interesting people and my idea, initial idea anyway, of two episodes meant the episodes were getting to be a marathon of listening. There is also a takeaway with the third guest episode. This summarizes the whole conversation with some creative ideas linked in. It includes some insights to help you exercise, flex and build your creative mental muscle. You'll also find some information on the website that helps you do this. Check out the creative ideas generators, for instance. Here we are on the Creativity Pulse. We'll jump straight back into the conversation with Sue Young-Lee. The Western system of maths is now adopting the Asian system of sort of blocks of five and ten and things like that. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The Singapore maths. Yes. My wife's a primary school teacher. She loves yeah. it. Absolutely loves it. She's looked at the white rose system and she's like, like she teaches my kids that. Um, I'm still going uh, sort of, you know, taught in the old way of doing things. Um, but <laughs> I have a friend, Josh, he was, yes. um, on the show, one of the sort of the first guests and he recognized that he, he's a, a high powered mm-hmm. business consultant, but also, um, as a sort of passion does, um, electronic music and produces and this sort of thing. And he wrote down a system for that he was mm-hmm. how he goes through his music and he suddenly realized wow i do this in my life i looked at his system and said okay number six i do slightly differently i do it number five but i do yes. exactly the same thing and josh and i's backgrounds are very similar both mid 50s never lived anywhere more wow. than three years change is just built into us so i'm sort of like one of those disruptors like you are i walk into a room and go let's change that let's change this. And everybody just sort of mm-hmm. looks at me and, you know, sort of, can't you go for a coffee and just leave us alone? You know? Um, so yeah, you sort of get, you get invited to meetings and then not to other ones. Um, but I've so- totally recognized the systems there. And once you've actually cracked these, you realize the the greatest inventors in the world, the Alexander Graham Bells, the Leonardo da Vinci's, the Thomas Edison's, the you know the Benjamin Franklin's, all of these sort of people, they and a bunch of Asian inventors. And sorry if I can't yeah. remember their names or pronounce them, but there's a you know there's a huge host of them. They all they all had they all had their own system, and they used it for everything figuring out what to do with their kids, where to go for dinner, where to go on holiday, which car to buy, you know, they work and they work in life. They don't just work for figuring out maths or business meetings. But here's my, here's my question for you on this. Um, it sort of extends from the earlier one. Do you find that there are certain sort of personalities that react or identify themselves as being sort of best suited to your sort of type of service? Um, I don't think 
think so. I mean, I, I don't think it's a personality. I mean, I've talked to so many different kinds of personalities. I, I think it's, it's again, that time and place. You know, if we look at it in the multiverse, it's, it's where they're at that fork in that road. Or they've made one choice and they're like, oh, I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back to that other fork. So it, it really has to do with that theory that template that I use is the transition, the fork. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that's the most important thing. And going back to what you're saying about the systems, um, a system only works as much as you're willing to evolve it and drop it, right? So the system I have for my first son that I had in my early 20s versus the system I have for my second son in my mid-40s, completely different personality. I can't use that same system. So what's interesting about the systems is to know, yes, there's some that work, you know, in multiple systems, multiple arenas, but to be willing to say that absolutely does not work. And I need a new system. I need a new system because I've changed or the situation's changed. And I like to use a side door approach to finding out people's systems. So if you ask someone like in a regular coaching call, you're like, oh, so what do you think are your major blocks? Or, you know, how do you think you approach being an entrepreneur? It's really heavy. It's really loaded. So they're trying to like figure out what is the right answer, right? After years in teaching, I'm sure you get this. They're a good portion of your students because they've been trained this way are trying to figure out what's the right answer. So I don't ask it that way. I'll say, so how do you read books? You know, do you read many at a time? Do you finish them? What kind of books do you read? Often I can get in a 10-minute question, right? Like, oh, I know exactly the way you approach these things. Or I'll say, you have a chance to go to your favorite restaurant or a new restaurant that everyone's raving about. How do you order, right? And so when people are given the choice to do what they want, what do they do with it? And then from there, I pull that system. I'm like, okay, where does this apply as you're building your business? Where does this apply as you're choosing your next date? And so that echo of that system, whether it's positive or faulty or whatever, is what we start with, is we have to start with where we're at. So yeah, systems are very interesting that they they need to evolve just like us. And I think what we found with many of the education systems is that they haven't. And if they have, they haven't evolved enough to reflect. I mean, we live in an age where, you know, the pace of life is just zips past your SUV window. Um, And education systems are sort of oil tankers in a world of yachts. They, it's, you sometimes feel as if you sort of want to scream at the system and just say listen don't we just need to sort of tear it up and start again because do you sort of feel like that coming from that sort of background having young children I mean I do yeah that's why I took him out of the system you know he's no longer in the system we're part of a great independent school study where they you know they give us some curriculum and we meet with the teacher to see he's on track but other than you know reading and math right which we still teach our way um, he studies quantum physics you know, multiverse theory. He's an engineer. So it, it's, he could not do this in any school system that I know of. So absolutely. And I think like our original conversation was around the metaverse 
you know, AI, all of this. I think I have no problem with AI. We actually start teaching, I'm teaching my young son, you know, some principles of AI with images and asking questions. If we can understand with AI, basically listening to, hearing everything that we're putting out there, my God, I hope we are going to do this with more intentionality, right? To really see that we can not only impact this moment by how many people, followers are looking at our, you know, content, we're impacting the questions that will be asked in the future, what we can be part of this knowledge base that everyone's going to have access to. And I think with like the VR, with AI, oh my God, can you imagine like the courses we can create for people struggling through, you know, self-doubt, wanting to build their business. I don't have to create a meditation. I'll be like, okay, let's put on the set. (laughs) Let's go there. Let's go back to that fork in the road for you, right? How can we actually go and see? It's kind of like choose your own adventure. But then we have the images, we have the music, we have everything that talks to our subconscious mind, right? And helps us make the decisions toward our potential in a deeper way than I can do right now. It's phenomenal. It's exciting. I'd love to have you back on the program to talk about your views on VR, AI, the metaverse. Um, I can see how you fit into all of that. And that's sort of, a, again, people or trying to orientate themselves for something that is really very fuzzy at the moment, I think is probably the best way of putting it. Uh, I think the people, I've got a friend who's into VR and is really into the metaverse. And he's like, look, you know, it could be just a complete disaster. Um, and there's legal, social, psychological, uh, you know, um, national borders, you know, um, that need to be, you know, effectively sort of, you know, built into these sorts of things. So we're at really, really early stages, but I'd love to have you back on the program to talk about that sort of stuff. One of the questions I always ask people, we live in this generalized world of specialists, I'm going to call it. When I left university, everybody was a generalist. You know, you didn't specialize for 20 years. Um, Now everybody leaves and within sort of a year and a half, they're all specialists. Um, And there are very few, it would appear, generalists. And the problem is you try and sell your services and you say, well, you know, I can do this and this and this and this. And it all sounds very broad and all of that. And finally, someone turns around and says, all really interesting, Sue Young, but what do you do? And all of a sudden you're back into this, I'm okay, let me refine it for you and put myself into the specialist box. How do you see the world? How do you see yourself? Neither. You know, I mean, I think that's as a polymath, you're not an expert or a generalist. You have multiple areas from experience and knowledge and passion that you developed. You know, I'm super passionate, obviously, about the multiverse and quantum physics. I'm super passionate about the power of, you know, literary writing. I'm super passionate about dancing. I want to learn to surf. You know, I mean, there's, there's just so much here. So I think that, you know, it's important not to be one or the other. I guess we can all have some level of expertise, right? But the difference between being an expert and having expertise, I feel there's a gap. As an expert, you're kind of up looking down, you're, you know, spouting, touting. But 
I have an expertise in curriculum design and writing and teaching writing, but my God, I can learn so much more if I'm not in that mindset. Like I got this and this is what I'm going to give you more of, Hey, this is the value. Like, what can I learn from your value? How can that feed my system and what I provide to my clients? So that beginner's mind, wherever stage you're at is really important, but also trusting, trusting that what you are passionate about, no matter how contradictory or complex they are, bring them together. That is your personal brand. You know, I mean, I I talk about working out. I talk about dating. I talk about, you know, fasting parenting, all of that. But what I'm selling is how people can build their plan A business with an authentic brand. I can only do that if I have an authentic brand. So I'm none of the above. (laughs) That's an excellent, excellent answer. Um, I asked a friend of mine this the other day, hasn't been on the, uh, the show yet, but he said, basically, let me think about this, Joel. He said, my experience in life is he's a couple of years older than me. So he said, my experience in life makes me a generalist. And he says, and I use that from literally every aspect of my life. He says, what I know, the fact that I've got an MBA and blah, blah, blah sort of thing, he said, that makes me a specialist. So he says, yeah, there's a really easy way to actually blend all of this together where you use your generalist knowledge, uh, sorry, your generalist experience to blend with your specialist knowledge in order to actually be able to answer that. So what is it you actually do Absolutely. sort of question? And I thought that was quite an elegant answer and yours seems to be the same on that side. Um, for the next time I get you back on the show, I'm going to ask you these questions now. Sure. So think about them and we'll get you back in the future. But infinite parallel universes in this sort of multiverse and say that there are different infinites and some are more infinite than others. I remember reading in this magazine, you know, while I was doing some research and I was like, okay, my head is just caved in (laughs) trying to figure out all of this stuff. So I would love to have you on the program again to explain how that sort of works to people and how you use that you obviously understand that through your sort of past <laughs> knowledge, but and how you actually incorporate that into your business. So I'm going to save those questions for the next time we're sort of together. So I'm just sort of, you know, giving you a big Love plug it. now on that side. Um, my final question normally to people is you're from South Korea. Mm-hmm. There are some insanely creative people there. Yes. If you had to choose someone who is the most creative, they can be alive, they can be dead. Mm-hmm. Who would that be? I would have to pick two. It's a tough one, isn't it? Well, no, it's actually not tough, but I have to pick someone from very, very long time ago to now. So I'm a direct descendant of King Sejong Lee. He transformed the Korean alphabet from the kind of Hanmun, which was a type of Chinese calligraphy that only the very elite, only the very elite had any literacy. He wanted to increase literacy. So he created what we know now as the Korean alphabet. And it's very simple. It's phonetic. It really increased literacy. And a lot of this, uh, the characters are based on how our mouth and tongue looks when we're making the sound. It's incredible. So he really kind of made this leap into a very modern idea of people being able to read and write by creating a more simplified phonetic um, kind of a biological shaped based um, characters, which is now, you know, Hangul, Korean um, language. The other is absolutely epic high. 
Epic High is a Korean hip hop band. <laughs> they are absolute geniuses because, no, I have to say this, like, I know it sounds really crazy. I love Korean hip hop, right? But what I'm saying is what they have been singing about, it's, you know, social, it's like materialism, you know, creativity, like what happens in relationship, how that affects parenting. There's so much more than like the danceable beats. And I remember when my first son was very young and I introduced him to Epic High, it really kind of shaped the trajectory of how he saw like social problems. So, and they're still going strong. It's Epic High, E-P-I-K, and then High, H-I-G-H. Please check them out because they are incredible musicians, but also they're incredible thinkers. And you can see this, you know, that they're, their minds are shown through their lyrics and their music and incredible creators in my point of view. So yeah, both Korean. <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll look them up. I've written that down. First Hang Young Lee with the change in Se Jung Lee. the yeah. language, just uh, yeah. Se Jung Lee, sorry, basically Se Jung Lee. What a, I mean, just the abstract ability to creatively think about that is, again, your head sort of caves in just trying yeah. to get your head around that. But the the Epikai, sorry, the Korean band, again, okay. I'm terrible with names, <laughs> so I do apologize. They sort of remind me of, they remind me of Ice-T and Ice Cube. He used to sing about social situations in, you know, yeah. early rap you know, it was all about sort of what was happening in LA and New York and places like that in urban places that you need to sort of stop dissing each other, respecting yourselves, get an education, get a job, you know, get yourself out of this horrible Absolutely. mess that we're in. Um, and they sound like they're doing that. They're commenting on a world that is now obviously fascinating, but creating modern Absolutely. problems. Yeah. So, wow. Excellent answers. Thank you very much for that. Well, I think we've sort of come to the end of the time that we would normally sort of chat away with this. Um, it comes to me to thank you, Su Young Lee, for being a gracious guest, sharing your ideas and knowledge with us. I would love to have you thank back you, on again so to talk about VR AI, metaverse, and all of this sort of stuff. And please to explain the infinite infinites and that sort of <laughs> I'll thing. I'll do my best. Um, you know, it's <laughs> – I'll do my best to try and understand. But thank you once again for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure, really enjoyable chatting with you. Thank you so much. I feel like my face hurts from smiling so much <laughs> because, really, like you're, you're an amazing, amazing host and uh, – Thank you for the questions and this time, your very valuable time. I know as parents, you know, it's a whole other level. So happy to come back on. The pleasure is all mine. Believe me. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Well, that's it for this week. Join us next week. Don't forget to have a look at the website. You'll find some stuff to help you develop your creative abilities. I'm Joel. Who are you? Where do you come from? And what do you do?